Hello, IFL Podcast family, and to all of you new listeners, welcome. I am your host, Miss Shay Ruff, and I'm so excited that you guys are here with us for another episode. What is the IFL Podcast about? The IFL Podcast is about us being on this platform to be open and honest about our failure experiences in life. The reason why we're out here being wide open and so vulnerable about it is that we understand that failure can cripple you. Failure can make you embarrassed. Failure can give you anxiety and all of these emotions. So we're out here being open and honest so you can get free in private, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, in the car, no matter where you are. We just thank you so much for listening to us. We hope our stories inspire you to um, get free from your failure and to share it with the ones that you love. So are you ready for this episode? Let's listen in. Welcome back to the IFL Podcast. I am your wonderful host, Miss Shay Ruff, and we are back for another Friendship Friday. I love Friendship Friday, and I think y'all love it too, because the numbers are going up and up, and so I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing the podcast with everyone that you know, um, and thank you for listening on your leisure time or whenever you're listening. So today is Friendship Friday, and so we are talking about friendship and long distance. Everybody breathe. Friendship and long distance can be a tough thing. It can also be very rewarding and fun, but we're going to talk about all aspects of it, and I have no other than my wonderful long distance friend, Mrs. Charlene Anderson. I mean, Alexander, how are you, Charlene? (laughs) Hello, Charlene! (laughs) This is going to be fun, y'all. We're going to try to make it as fun as possible, as light as possible, because I know that this is a heavy topic. And so, we're going to jump right in, because we don't take long. So, Charlene, (laughs) if you would, my friend, define friendship and what does it mean to you? Okay. When I was... Uh, looking at this friendship definition, I said, wow, this is really a great question. And I'm trying to get to a point where I can define it because at one point I hated the word. I did not like anything attached to friendship, like a best friend, or that's my friend, or that's my sis. And I have to, after we do this podcast have to get to a point where I can understand why I didn't like the word friendship. Wow. Yeah, I I didn't. I don't know if you noticed that, but I never reply like, hey, friend, or, oh, that's my best friend or, or anything like that. So when I was trying to discover this, when I was asked to be on the podcast for this friendship segment, I said, well, to me, a friendship is someone that I can depend on, someone that I can trust. Um, they may not live close, but you know, they may be a distant friend, but most importantly, someone that is genuine, I can call and talk to. And it's like we talked yesterday. So I had to go back and review the friendships that I currently have 
And that's how I was able to get those qualities and understand a little better what a friendship means to me. Someone that is caring and supportive. They understand that life, life happens. And especially with long distance friendships, because you, you don't have the ability to invite them over as often. You don't have the ability to see them as often. So you have to search for other ways to maintain that friendship. So. I'm just gonna breathe for a second because okay, we can breathe. one, <laughs> one, the that, no, listen. So the, the fact that you were like, I didn't really like this word. I didn't really, and I'm gonna be honest with you. So this this whole new era of sis, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like in certain ways that is kind of deceiving. Like that whole hey sis. Mm-hmm. oh what's going on sis or hey queen what's going yeah. like that I feel like there's something hiding behind it so I don't really respond well to those so I, I can't understand when you say well, I, friend mm-hmm. I, I, I don't that. either and I, I don't know exactly what the trigger point is because maybe I've had some friendships that on my side I felt like it wasn't genuine, and I will always be the one being used, basically, the user. So now I've had my guard up for so long regarding friendships, and those that I do reach out to, I value equality in them, and I want to be more like them. So when I do feel that the distance is coming between them, you know, um, them and I, I try to reach out as genuinely as I can. I try to remember those special moments like the birthdays, anniversaries, or if they tell me, oh, you're going on a trip, I'll try to reach out and say, hey, you know, how was your trip? So they know that I'm still here in my friendship zone and I still want to be your friend. And this is how I'm trying to communicate and let you know that I'm here, I'm open, I'm being receptive. Where are you in our friendship? You know? So, so. yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. But, no, <laughs> you're good. I'm like, I'm, I'm over here, like, oh, this is about to shift into a different atmosphere because the, the fact that you said life happens, that alone is just, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that's a whole situation within itself. Because, okay, so let me give everyone a backstory. The backstory is Charlene and I have been friends since high school. We went to yes. the same high school mm-hmm. and we had classes every now and then together. I don't want to, yes. I, I don't think every year we had a class together, but at least we stayed connected enough in the hallway. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's the crazy part. I can only remember having one class with you and that may have been choir. Like just, I mean, it's been 20 years. Yeah. I can only remember that particular class because you sat behind me. Yeah. In the Elto section. That, that's the only class I can remember to having with you. Yeah, so we had um, Mr. McGee's class, uh, which is choir, and then we had a science class together. But science was ninth grade, well, was it ninth or tenth grade? Either ninth oh, yeah, or we was grade. advanced, I think, was it an advanced class? Yeah, general, we did have general. an advanced class. We had an advanced class with... Um, uh, he was the majorette captain. Yes, Mr. Uh, cat. It was it Mrs. Sparks? Wasn't Mr. It was Mrs. Sparks. Yeah, Mr. Sparks was an advanced teacher for math and um, was it advanced? 
I want to say it was advanced algebra or either um advanced tr either trig or something. We were taking okay. tests we shouldn't okay. be taking okay. Okay. at the <laughs> level we was at. <laughs> we were we were taking senior classes like ninth, tenth grade year. Right, but yeah, right. so those were the two classes I remember. But we we always saw each other in the hallway. We always greeted each other no matter what. And then mm -hmm. after high school social media and everything we reconnected or whatever and right. we've been a part of each other's big moments like Charlene was at my wedding she had yes. a she's a new mommy she said yes, just had a baby mommy, so yes. hi to Selena yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we're there for the big moments and even when there's not so much not so big moments we've had conversations where we've been on the phone for hours and just discussing life and and everything but the truth is um, to all of this is that Charlene has always been a light. So I am a little taken back when it comes to um, you saying you didn't really like the word friendship because I've always saw you as a friend. Even if it wasn't directly to me, it was to other people. Because if you, listen, honey, <laughs> if you was having a bad day in school, Charlene will do the craziest stuff <laughs> and you're going to get a laugh around Charlene. Like, I think my best some of my best laughs in high school came from being next to Charlene or seeing no her way. or whatever the case is because no way yes because it was, <laughs> it was I, I don't care somebody could be having a bad day and the whole hallway could be quiet Charlene will light up that hallway and we all be cracking up laughing or whatever right but that's how you to me that's how you've always been that's how I've gravitated to you or whatever it's oh yeah them laughs honey Ooh, especially in choir i don't know how many times i've almost fallen down <laughs> off of that riser laughing or getting in trouble <laughs> because that, that was just that's just charlene and that's and that's who i've always known you as and i don't think over the years the only thing that has changed is age right and our family expanded and everything, but you've always been genuine. So, um, and so unfortunately, when people see genuine, authentic people, they gravitate to it. And because they're not mature enough to know how to handle you, you end up being used and abused, right? Yes. So, yes. yeah, so I, I definitely feel you on, on that end. So, yeah, so that's the, the backstory of me and Charlene and so here we are 20 years later because it's yeah, literally 20 our 20 year later. anniversary this year <laughs> it went by so fast <laughs> yes, it, is. it did go by fast <laughs> it went by super fast so yeah so okay we talked about friendship what it means um how it's meant and so um I, I think we're gonna have to do another podcast on why those that word sis and queen and those words are triggers because I think because to, to us it does feel a bit deceptive I know that's a whole nother conversation so okay it, it, and it may and it may it may or it may not be meant in that way yeah because some people do have that relationship like hey sis you know sis, sis but I'm just not that girl I'm just not that woman where I feel like those words, that particular word of endearment is, is not genuine to me. And I yeah. know a lot of people that reach out that way. And it could be genu genuinely reaching out because it could just be a, what you call that, a trend or what's, that's, that's the new word 
to take up friendship because I will always say, hey, this is my good girlfriend or this is my, my good home girl or I would stay away from best friend or friend friend, however you want to call it. And I'll say, this is my, my good classmate. We were friends, you know, you know, or, or something like that. But I, I don't use it loosely. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. I do have relationships that I call people friends. Yeah. And I had to learn that within this last quarter of last year. So it was, it was amazing that we, you asked me to be on the podcast because I'm like, I have to face this and why. I had such a hard time with the friendship word. So yeah, here we are. Oh yes. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we we re, you know resolve some issues that I well, we we're we're going through self. because I don't think I think and I, <laughs> since I've been having this conversation on you know doing friendship Fridays or whatever, I think we all everyone that I've spoken with thus far we all can cohesively say the word friend is used loosely. And I think generation-wise, we grew up in a generation where friendship really meant something. And so a lot of us um, can actually say we have at least one friend from childhood or one friend from high school that we still really like converse with and connect with. And I think also the culture um, of where we grew up, you know, in New Orleans, like, the culture there is just different when it comes to family, friendship, and a lot of people can be taken back by that because they're not used to it. So when we, you know, left New Orleans and went to Texas, went to Georgia, went to all of these places or whatever, it, I know personally for me, it was hard for me to make friends because I was just like, this don't feel like the friends I have at home. Like, this, right. this, don't, this feel more like frenemy-ish. And right. I'm not, because there's no in-between with us. It's like, either we like you or we don't. Exactly. And there's no in-between. Like, we're not going to sit there and try to, you know, play both sides of the fence. It's like, oh, she cool, but we don't rock like that. Oh, he cool, but we don't get along like that. Oh, that's, like, that's my friend. Like, that's somebody I, I roll with or whatever. But, yeah, that friend of me zone, I don't do that. I can't. Yeah, I don't. I, I've, I've done it before, and I don't like being in the middle like that, 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 that lukewarm, you know, it's, it's like one day you, you're okay. And, and it could just be a personal thing with that person that I'm just not receptive to or able to understand. But if you don't open and communicate with me, I, I don't understand what is your, what is your motives? What, what are we here for? Are, are we here to uplift one another? Are we here to be a support system for one another? Um, and I've, I've had my own issues with that. So I can definitely learn from trial and error. And now I can stand and say, Hey, I can say, this is my friend, you know, so you have to learn from those, those trials and errors. And like when I was in Florida, I mean, and mine is opposite from you because when I did travel or travel to another state, I lived in Florida, I lived in Georgia for a while, I lived in Texas um, post Katrina, and also recently just moved back from Texas about three years ago. So I've been back and forth to Louisiana, but I feel like the, the friends that I did meet, 
out of town to meet more more genuine because they understand is either we're friends or we're not friends. You and my, you know, not a circle. I hate that circle word too. You you are part of my um, I don't know, friendship and a partnership type of thing. Cause it's kind of like a relationship too, as yeah. well. Yeah. So I always, I guess I always mimic my husband and I because I feel like he's my friend. He's like one of my best friends. Yeah, he's my best friend. So I guess if 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 I'm looking for someone that mimics him, it's hard to determine what is genuine because I feel like my husband is genuine or who is uh, really caring and who is trustworthy. So who can be understanding and um, listen to understand and not to reply, you know, all of those things, all of those qualities that you look at, you know, for a friend that just makes things easy and friendship is not always easy, but I know we're going to get into that, yeah. but um it can't be difficult at times as well. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said that the friends that you made outside of Louisiana, what well, well, would say New Orleans, because yeah. Louisiana and New Orleans, I feel like are two it's two different places, things. honey. It's different. Yes. We do our own thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people look at us like that. Like, oh, you were, I, I literally told someone that I was from New Orleans and he was like, what country is that in? I said, oh, well, I don't know, but you know, we do our own thing. <laughs> not we're a part of Louisiana, but not mm-hmm. we just do our own thing. But, yeah, we do our own thing. But it's interesting that you said that the friends that you had outside of that, um, outside of New Orleans, where it was easier to discern do we friends or we not, you know? And I, mm-hmm. and I, I can see that too because. Having friends from home, there's a familiarity that's there. Mm-hmm. And so people kind of put you in the space of, oh, when I met you. So they still treat you like when we first met versus growing with you and seeing, exactly. seeing the growth. And then also right. there's a level of entitlement as well. Because, you know, people say mm-hmm. slick stuff like, oh, you didn't move the way and this, this, I and this. Or, Right. Are you going to call me when you <laughs> got in town? Exactly. I mean, hey, Take I'm not going to, because I know you have been in town several times. I was like, uh, she, let me call, calling you out. Say, call me when you come in town. I know you have been in town. But you know, life happens and you trying to get with your family, things happen. I, I understand that. And that's a lot of people don't understand that. Okay. I understand that we're friends. If I decide to come home, I may not be able to see you all the time. And that's okay. Come visit me. And see, that's the thing. Like that's my mom part. used to get on me. Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Charlene. When I first started like going back and forth or whatever, traveling back home, I would be breaking my neck to go see everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And so my yes. mama was like, but you home. Why they can't come see you? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, well... I don't know. And after a while, it started to resonate because I was like, you live here. I'm in town. Like, I understand. Like, you can come see me or whatever. But, you know, but some people, it's like, it's some people I connect with, some people I don't. Some people I sell out from the home, some people I don't. It just, mm-hmm. like, over the years, it has changed or whatever. And I'm glad you touched on that because that has something to do with long distance. That mm-hmm. is something that will stop people from being friends because 
oh, you was in my city and you wouldn't come see me or you didn't call me or whatever. And I'm not going to lie to a certain extent, if we call each other friends or whatever, like, I'm not about to come to where you live and not say, Charlene, I'm in town or I'm thinking about traveling. I want to see you, right? That That's my thought process or whatever. If there's a level of closeness that we have, if there's a level of camaraderie that we have, then Yes, to an extent, I do expect you to be like, you know, text me or let me know that you're coming. I'll rearrange whatever, you know, exactly. to come and see you or whatever. But these fly-by-night people that's just nosy, mm-hmm. no, you catch me on social media. Yes, like, no. yes I'm in town. Oh, well, you ain't call nobody. I hate when somebody comment. Oh, well, you ain't say nothing. Do I talk? Hold on, let me delete. You know what? <laughs> let me. But that's that sense of entitlement. Just to piggyback what you were saying, our people in New Orleans, they do have that sense of entitlement. And 12-year-old Charlene or 12-year-old Sharon is not the 30, what, we're 36, 30, I don't know if you like to... Um, I don't care, girl. But you know, the 37-year-old, 30, <laughs> we're, we're not the same. And I think when you do... And I think for both of us, we can probably um, speak on this because we've been outside of Louisiana. We've been outside of New Orleans. We lived outside, right? So the things that we do here in the city, there is a level of no growth. You're kind of stagnant, right? So when you do get with others that you connect with and you learn and you grow, it's hard to come back here when you want to not saying that's a bad thing. You want to go out and party. I'm in this in this time in my life. That's not where I'm at. I'm looking for new things. I'm looking for better things. Not saying that is wrong. It's just our perspectives have changed. Our maturity level has changed. Our growth. Our um. We want to. We want more than just chill or. You know, you know, this in the club every week. Do. In the, yeah, in the club every week or this, this, and that. And it, it and that's no place like home because when you get home, you do kind of tap into that that New Orleans vibe, that New Orleans person that you used to be. But at the same time, you have to set the tone for where you are at in life. Yeah. Yeah. And I I um and I have to be honest, I so senior year when I was figuring out what I um what I was going to do. Initially, I was supposed to go to Howard or whatever. That didn't work out or whatever. So I ended up choosing Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. So ended I up choosing... Know. Yeah, I was... Yeah, I, I didn't so, know you were uh, supposed to go to Howard. Yeah. That is amazing. But yeah, I was supposed to go to Howard. That didn't work out. So yeah, it's, it shouldn't be a sensitive subject 20 years later, but I still love Howard. Because um, <laughs> that was the goal. Like... I, mm-hmm. My goal was to always leave New Orleans. Like when I was five years old watching college football, I told my mom I was going to Michigan. And mm-hmm. she looked at me like I had three heads. Like, <laughs> okay. Because our culture is we don't leave. Like we, exactly. we stay home. Everybody in New Orleans, we don't. The, the closest you get to leaving is Baton Rouge or Grandma. <laughs> so, but right. you know, to be like going from New Orleans all the way to Michigan was like, what? what is happening right but anyway so I always desired to leave New Orleans or whatever but I knew for me like I I got accepted to Xavier I got accepted to Dillard I got accepted to Suno I got accepted to Southern University in Baton Rouge I got accepted to all of the the colleges in New Orleans in the Louis in Louisiana 
But I knew if I would have stayed, I would not be the person that I am today because there were certain things that I was just like, you just privy to, unfortunately. And you could tell the people that still stuck in that space, right? Yeah. Like you you go to everything, you at every event, you at every reunion. You like it just looks like you have nothing else better to do. And so I knew I would have been one of those people, <laughs> one of those people because I like I love hard on whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I ended up leaving because of that, because I didn't want to be stuck in it. And fast forward to recently, I went home a couple of weeks ago to celebrate my mom for her birthday. And we went out or whatever. And as I'm standing there, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm like, I can't, I'm ready to go. Like, I feel like I have a, a I need to be doing. Not saying that I don't be like, oh, I'm going to the quarters or I'm going to the river walk. I'm going to get a daiquiri. I'm going to do this. It's just that I was like the, the club scene and following DJs and all that other stuff. Don't get me wrong. I miss Super Sunday. I, I'm probably going to go to the Super Sunday real soon, but I I knew I would have been caught up in that culture. And so the the thing, going back to friendship and long distance, a lot of people don't understand that, especially if they still stay at home. And so I've seen friendships kind of like tear away because yeah, you're still at home, but you're still on the home stuff. Like you- Like we graduated years ago, my love. Like, what are you doing? And you know, I know everybody will blossom at their own time. I know people will, you know, have their own tea time and harvest pretty much. But right. it's it's kind of sad when you like you still the same person you were when we were walking the halls and doing crazy stuff, right? And right. so I've seen that happen. So um I guess speak to that to from your perspective on how that affected you and how you dealt with it? Um, basically, I wanted the same things you wanted. I never wanted to live in New Orleans. As soon as I had the opportunity to leave, I went to Florida. I went, signed up for this technical, technical college. Didn't even know what was going on at the college. I just wanted out. I wanted out. So um, couldn't even high tech university. So I started off doing uh, computer science and then ended up doing massage therapy. Okay. Wanted out. However, I did not get the opportunity because I was always in fear. I didn't have a, I felt like I didn't have a real support system. So Mm -hmm. Moving back and forth has always been comfort for me. Okay, so even when I would leave and I, I went to Georgia, I would come back because it's comfort. I'm comfort, but I'm not comfortable because mm-hmm. I'm not a part of the the crowd. If 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 that makes sense, yeah, like yeah. I'm here, but I'm not. I'm I'm here, but I'm not here. My mindset is in is here, but my mindset is like, I still want to be in Texas. I still want to be in Georgia. I still want to be somewhere else besides Louisiana. So I do not, I don't want to say not get involved with things that go around in, in the city because the city is a great city. It's just sometimes that 
you can get caught up in situations that you could have prevented for yourself. I think the, the mentality of New Orleans, as people would say, I can't really speak of too much about that, but it's like you were saying of the following the DJs and the, you know, the Super Sunday, like you're still doing that. I don't want to say, ch I guess childish is not mature things that you would say as an adult, as we doing, like, what, what are you doing? You, you have a, you have a family. Are you trying to uh, grow your, you know, grow yourself and your family or invest or, or buy a home or, or whatever the case may be. It, that may not be for everyone, but my perspective is leveling up being an adult, um, teaching your children or kids, you know, right from wrong, there's more than just New Orleans. Uh, you can gravitate to different places and, and learn new things and uh, be receptive to new things. So New Orleans, of course, is home and it's in my heart, but I'm always in the inside looking out. Like I'm like in this little glass jar. I'm in New Orleans, but I'm still like, I'm peeping you out, Chicago. I see what's going on over there. I'm gonna get to you one day. You know, so I'm gonna get to you. I've been to California. I love California, but what would I love to live there? Absolutely. It's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful state. So unfortunately we're here in Louisiana, but that doesn't mean that you can stay here. You always yeah. have the opportunity, you always have the opportunity to to move is it's nothing but to do it if you want to yeah yeah and that it, i think the the mindset overall we could just say it's the mindset it's, mm -hmm. yeah it's, the, it's mindset. the mindset of you know wanting to and that's not there's nothing wrong, go, wrong with doing home stuff at all mm -hmm. it's nothing wrong but when it seems like it's more of a pit more versus a pleasure type thing and it's causing you not to grow and that becomes a problem or whatever. And so, um, and if you do have friends where you feel like, and I'm about to touch on something that, you know, maybe a sensitive subject too. Some people feel like, and I know I got this, I don't know if you got this, but when you move away from home, mm -hmm. they feel like you left, right? Yes. So that's an uncomfortable thing because it's like, I made the decision for me because I know I need it better. It wasn't to hurt you, right? Absolutely. My leaving, yes, it's uncomfortable because I don't want to leave you, but I know if I don't leave, then I'm not going to be the best me that I can be. So I did get some of that when I left, uh, even from family, I got that too. Like you just up and left. You just did what you wanted to do or whatever. And I'm like, we're all entitled to that choice to do whatever we want to do or whatever. So so let's let's talk about that because the way that I was able to, the way that I was able to combat that was, let me hear what your thoughts are, why you feel this way. What part of you feels like we still can't be friends you know in different places or whatever and so I think it's a for me what I found when I asked that question was a level of insecurity or the fear of missing out on something or that you will do exactly what you're supposed to do which is change right so it was very uncomfortable to to hear um but some people do feel like you're leaving them. So 
did you experience that? If you did, how did you address that? So far as someone that you, you're here as with a friend in New Orleans, yep. and mm-hmm. you left, uh-huh. and they feel like you left them. It could be family as well, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I have experienced that. I feel like it was a level of, um, like they regret me when I come, when I, when I would move or come back. Like, I feel like, um, and I know this, this is a touchy subject. I have cousins, I feel like. Give me a second. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> You're good. Because I, I know, I know how I don't want to say anything to hurt anyone. Yeah. And, okay, I'm just going to say it. Holy Ghost, thank you. Okay, I'm just going to say it. So, I think it's a level of them feeling like you would be better than them. Um that you're going to get something that they possibly want, but don't want to per se turn away from their wicked ways and see the light. Yeah. And that you're going to, your, your light is going to shine much brighter than in theirs because you are doing from what they see is a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but they don't want you to be better than them. And I feel that's how some people, I can't say all, some people in New Orleans are. Or family or friends, when you decide if they're not supportive and you, of course, you know, you may not have that many people that support you when you decide to make those moves or if you don't have their input on when you're making those moves, especially when we were younger and you start to make moves like that. I think the fear of them losing you to possibly another friend and just better bettering yourself, that's a fear I think we have growing up in the New Orleans culture. Yeah. Because we want everyone to stay close. We don't want anyone to do better than us. We want everyone to do the same thing in the same pot. You can't have more than me. You can't be this and you can't do that. Now, I, I, I see it now that I'm coming back that it's kind of loosened a little bit. It's not like as if we was growing up. Mm-hmm. And people, I guess, because we are getting older, they're starting to realize that life is moving what am I doing with my life? I'm almost 40. What do I need to change? So I hope that answered. Yes, it does. Yeah. Without trying to uh, judge or, because that's not my intent here. And uh, my intent is not to judge the things of New Orleans because I do dab and dib- dibble sometimes in New Orleans activities. But like you said, I don't want it to be a pit to where it's hindering me from my blessings or what I'm supposed to be the better version of myself because it can easily get caught you can easily get caught up saying things that you normally don't say on a normal basis do things that you normally don't do on a normal basis so that's not my intent to bash anyone that's 
in their own level right now because some people get it earlier, some people get it early, some people get it late. So yeah, I'm gonna just go ahead and end it right there. Yeah, well, no, you're fine because I've had the conversations of, I see why you left. Or I understand <laughs> now, you know, no. over the years or whatever. And yeah. so it, it is, and I know we're talking about New Orleans because New Orleans is home for us. But <laughs> it doesn't matter where you're from. You know what I mean? Like you, it, it does not matter where you're from. If you're doing something that's not the norm, which for us leaving was not the norm because mm-hmm. once you graduate, okay, you're going to Delgado, Davia, Dillard, Suno, Gramlin, where you going? <laughs> it's somewhere close, right. right? And so it also, and to speak from a, a family side of it, I'm very family oriented. To the point that it was like, when my grandmother moved, we moved. We always lived a few houses down or in the next block, but we always always were close. Close knit. Mm-hmm. And so I was the one, I feel like, that broke that because it was like, well, stay in Atlanta. So, <laughs> so this is it. And so everybody started seeing like, oh, snap, I can leave. And everybody yeah. started doing their thing. And so now... But used to upset my friend, those friends are what upset those family, um, upset those family members. Now it's like, child, I need a vacation. I'm coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know so it was a setup, basically. You know. <laughs> so so now I was like, oh, you were mad at me at first, but now you want to come <laughs> out here because you're trying to get away. But uh, <laughs> but so it usually turns around. So I want to say to anyone who's listening, if you left home. And you're feeling the pressure of someone feeling away because you left. No matter what decision in life you make, somebody's going to be a yay for you and somebody's going to be a no <laughs> for that you. And that's just like, and so change is inevitable. It's going to always be readily available and it's always going to be there, whether you want to accept it or not. But I definitely know that sometimes you can't grow in the soil that you were originally planted in. Sometimes you have to change your soil to grow somewhere else. And I know my roots are in New Orleans. However, for me to grow, I had to leave. So, and so being in Atlanta for the last 20 years, I'm ready to go now. So, <laughs> so thinking okay. about moving back home? No, I, I lived at home for three months last year and I was like, that's enough already. So, you yeah. know, but um, I didn't stay in the city. I stayed on the outside of the city. But, you know, my mom um, had a stroke last year. So I ended up moving back home. Yeah, I'm she ended, she had a um, stroke last year, but she's, child, she's fine. She's fine, fine okay, by okay. the grace of God. Thank God. Still but, healthy, um, holding strong. <laughs> yes, yes, and herself, but um, she's doing much, much better. But I lived there. I lived back home for three months, and I was like, oh, yeah, I gotta go. I can't gotta stay go. here. Like I, I was in hives. Like I'm ready to go. I can't. Yeah. I gotta go. So. <laughs> Trust me, that's how I feel now. Yeah. So, but the home, I feel that way. <laughs> yeah, but see, the good thing is though, you've had the opportunity to move around. To be able to see what you like and what you don't like. And when you exactly. mentioned Chicago, I was like, that's on my list. Like, I want to go to Chicago and go visit. So we, we're going to have to plan a trip so we can go because I've never been. So, yes. but um, I've been to New York. I've been to Jersey. I've been to Philly, but I have not been to 
Chicago. So yeah. we're gonna have yeah. to do that. Let me know. <laughs> you know, you know, now I have a newborn, so I really have to Yeah, you're gonna need a minute. <laughs> you're gonna need a minute, which is great. That's fine. You're gonna need a minute. So we're gonna give you that. <laughs> so let me um so let me ask you this. Um I know we talked about the term friendship and the meaning of that and not using it loosely. But when it comes to those close friends that you have, right, the ones that you consider close to you, how have you been able to maintain those friendships after all of these years um, being in different places? Wow. How do I maintain my long-distance friendships? Yes, ma'am. Yes, so majority of my closest friends are in Texas, honestly, they're in Texas. So what we do, well, of course, you know, COVID, post-COVID, now everybody's trying to get out and travel and things like that. But during COVID, I mean, it was it was difficult. So of course, you know, you had to find creative ways. Yes. So everyone has an iPhone. I have an Android. So it was hard for me to, you know, FaceTime or, or okay, so... This is what this is what we I would normally do. Of course, we would call. Okay, of course, you know, make a phone call. Uh, text messages became more prevalent during COVID, for me COVID um, nineteen. Mm-hmm. So now I had to find new ways and get creative. So Zoom meetings, of course, set up a Zoom, right? <laughs> um, you have to get creative with the FaceTime. I didn't have FaceTime integrated in my phone. So I had to find other ways, like it's Duo now, Duo, IMO, all of those other applications that you use now. So FaceTiming, um, calling, checking on, checking on people, that's how I maintain my relationships for so long. There is is nothing, it doesn't cost you anything to say hello or hi to someone, because you never know what that hi or hello means to someone. Um, and I think that's the, the special quality that I have that I've given to my friendships is trying to stay connected yeah. and especially I could kind of sense when things are not, um, as good. So just being there, being supportive, being a listening ear, that's how I maintain my relationships long distance. So it's simple. Everything you said is simple. And like it you is. said, it it costs you nothing to say hello to someone. But I also understand too that when you have a connection with your friends, like you could tell when something's off, right? Mm-hmm. You could tell when there's a need. You could tell when, you know, they may be going through something or whatever. And so I I am working on and working through being able to send that text message. So the the one of the things that I do is I schedule text messages. If I'm thinking about them and I know I don't have the time to like really get on a, a phone call, because that's the other thing too. If I get on the phone with y'all, we're going to be on the phone all day. <laughs> and I don't have time like that. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a dedication right now to be on the phone all day. We'll be on the party line. Look, I, I love y'all, but um, I, I don't I have to go. <laughs> I got to maneuver, right? It's a lot of moving parts or whatever. So I do schedule text messages. I have an Android as well, and I'm a happy Android user, and I will continue to use Android. Absolutely. So no shade, no teeth to nobody. But um, I do have an iPad for business. 
So my mm -hmm. iPad has allowed me to FaceTime those friends who have iPhone or whatever. Um, and I use Duo. I use Facebook Messenger because that that's another way or whatever. I use that for family. And then um, over the years, like just recently in January, um, I went on a trip with close friends or whatever. And so, you know, being able to do that, like we sitting in each other's face for four days, that was like the best thing. And so I, but I knew after we left each other, like we might text each other pictures and stuff like that. But after that, it was like, actually, we got to do what we got to do to keep it moving. Exactly. And so mm -hmm. I think when you have, when you're in a situation where you have things going on as well, and your schedule is just a little tight, you can be gracious and forgiving to those friends who are long distance. But if you're just sitting there with, you know, nothing to do and you got all this time in the world to think, I think that's where some of the uncomfortableness comes from or whatever. Okay. And and being a because you understand, I saw your text message and I thought I replied, but I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's me sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes right. I'm like, oh, and I didn't reply to such and such. And I'm like, ah, let me, you know, not have the makeup. I'm like, hey, what you doing? You know, call me. Now I'm like, call me because I didn't want you to feel neglected. Right. You know, so. Right. I don't it's want those gestures, though. Mm -hmm. It's those gestures of, yeah. of, of confirmation. And then the other thing, too, is like, you know your friend. You know, to an extent, even though we've changed over, over the years, you know, okay, this friend may not need a phone call, but I might need to send her some tip tree cookies. So let me go ahead and send her those. <laughs> so this friend, let me call and check on her on every birthday because she's big on birthdays. So let me make sure yes. I do that. So understanding your friends, we need a friend calendar, child, because who I just yes. thought about all that stuff or whatever. Like even at one point, we all were trying to plan a group trip and it just, it just did not work out because we're all in different places. We all trying to do different things or whatever. And just was waiting for life to slow down. And it just, you know, kind of like fell through the cracks. So when um when we went on this trip to Vegas in January, it was like, oh girl, we did it. We, like, <laughs> <laughs> we finally, finally did it. <laughs> yeah, after all these years, we finally went on a trip with each other and met each other or whatever. But I think you have to like you ha you have to be intentional people do what they mm -hmm. want when they want how they want exactly. um, with whom they want to do it with and so yes. you know if if it's a priority you know and i know it's like i'm one of those friends that's not great at i used to be but navigating through this new stuff that i'm that i have on my plate i'm I'm working on being better at staying in touch and staying connected. And at one point, I used to beat myself up for missing moments with friends. Like, I have a friend right now that, you know, is a brand, outside of you, it's a brand new mom. I still <laughs> haven't been able to spend that for the baby. I have, like, it's so much stuff that I just, you know, be experiencing, like, in my mind, like, oh, my God, I'm such a horrible friend. <laughs> like, I ain't seen no onesie, no formula, no nothing, right? <laughs> so, uh, either, you know, the birthday, like, I'll see my phone and be like, oh, today they birthday. All right. Right. So now I start scheduling birthday texts or whatever, because I don't want to miss, birthdays are huge for Yeah, me. you don't want to. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't want to miss it, right? So, just going through those emotions, and if you're a person that does that, 
too, and I don't know if you've experienced this too, Charlene, where you just kind of like beat yourself up because you're like, that's such a big moment. I wasn't there at the moment or I didn't call or I didn't text or I didn't, or I had to see it on social media. That is a dagger for me. If yes. I see it on social media, I'm I'm under my desk because I'm like, Lord, I didn't. Didn't even pay attention. You didn't pay attention. Like, I didn't pay attention at all because <laughs> I was doing this, this, and this. And so mm-hmm. having those moments. Yeah. So have you had that experience? Like, what have you done to kind of like combat that? I've, I've had those moments where I used to beat myself up. I don't do them anymore because now I understand that life, you know, life happened and there's nothing wrong with a gift after the fact or, you know, or a text message afterwards because things happen, things happen. So let me tell you about this story. I'm going to get into it and I'm going to tell you why I'm saying it. I felt, and it could just been me. One year, I didn't reach out to anyone. Because I felt like my friendships or the people that I was friends with, I felt like they wasn't receptive. So I was going through this, this thing, maybe it happened maybe about three years ago, maybe. And I said, you know what, this year, I'm not reaching out to anyone. And I just want to see how, you know, how the response, how to respond, yeah, how to respond to me. Because I felt like no one really reaches out to me on my special occasions or my birthday or you know like I reach out to everyone and my husband told me he said um you never know he said just because your friends are not responsive or people are not responsive the way you are you are put here for those special moments he said you always remember special moments that is a gift that you have he said, that birthday text, just like you feel like, oh, nobody don't reach out to me. That might be the only birthday text that person gets. Girl, I said, Holy Ghost. Thank you. I'm getting chills. And because I was being selfish in my own ways, thinking that I was doing something, but wasn't doing nothing at all. And I felt so bad after I had, because I didn't tell him until like a few months into the new year that this is what I was doing. And he was like, why? You know, like, why? 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 So, you know, he had to, I guess, give me, the, give me the word, basically, you know, give me the word and put me back on track. And now I have a new outlook on just not, oh, okay, like, by memory, this is such and such birthday, or this is such and such anniversary, or I remember when this person did this, or hey, I remember when you was pregnant around this time, you know, you know, you know, such and such or whatever the case may be, just thinking about you. He said, you have God given, that is a gift because people don't have the memory like that or even try to organize or put in that calendar or write it down that this is, this is what makes this person special. They like things of this type of uh, um, love language, as I would say. And you provide it. Why take it away? I say, you're right. I can't, I can't fight you on that. And I was here when I said that we was talking about it, maybe about two months ago, I had a friend that was in town, which is my friend as well. He will be here later on today. He's traveling from Austin. And I told, I was talking to him about it. And he was basically saying the same thing. And my husband repeated it in, in front of him as well. So 
I'm going to try not to miss any occasions, but I intentionally did that on purpose, which my husband got on me and I felt bad. Like you're saying, I felt horrible. I want, like, I wanted to hide, like I, I didn't want to be seen anymore. And I just felt bad for missing those moments in that, that first quarter of that particular year. But I picked up and, you know, things went on as, as normal. Oh, we have to apologize alexander for that yes yeah yes. he yes. went in <laughs> it, it, he went in a little bit and that's why yeah, he, 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 he did all right he did, he did. Okay? like he was well, he was like really thing. like getting on me like that person that you think about on their anniversary he said nobody probably even remembered the date these people got married on but you remember you always remember he said don't do that if you if it's in your Part, to reach out to someone you never know what that person is doing at that particular time and your text come through hey look Charlene remember my anniversary or you know remember when I first started doing this how is that going along or I first started exercising or, or whatever the case may be and I really had to rethink why I was feeling like that and it goes back to me remember I was telling you the last quarter of this year trying to figure out why does that friendship word triggers me a little bit but I, I'm getting to a point where I can say friendship or you know this is my friend now so yeah that's, but that's the crazy. thing is when you're um when you so we're we're speaking to the burnt out friends right now because there are people who are the constant glue to holding the friendships together or whatever while everyone it may feel like while wow, everyone is pretty much doing whatever they want to do and not really being tapped in or whatever. And mm -hmm. so we do have to speak to them because a lot of times those are the warriors. They are the friend warriors and they get burnt out. Like, you know what? I didn't call you for every single thing. I didn't mm -hmm. highlighted you for every single thing. And you, you haven't even said two words. <laughs> right. You didn't even send an emoji <laughs> or nothing. Right. So you, so I, I understand that you, and you do get burnt out. You know, we do get weary and well-doing sometimes or whatever. And so, and I think, I believe that's okay. But I also understand that, you know, my husband tells me all the time, no matter what, don't allow anyone to change who you are. Mm -hmm. Because to an extent, like I'm, yeah, I was very big on that too. Like, oh, my friend's favorite color is yellow. Let me say how this uh At one point, girl, when I used to work at, State Farm or whatever, um, which is one of the, the groundbreaking places that I worked at to push me into leadership and everything. Like they had a discount system. And so the number one thing I used to love to do was send flowers. God, everybody was getting flowers, candy, <laughs> balloons, like, because it was so cheap to do. I was like, oh, I, right. the birthday boom, the birthday boom, the wedding right. boom. Like it was just easy to, to send it out or whatever. And so now it's like, I haven't done that in years. I haven't done that, you know, in a while or whatever. And so at one point I was like, don't nobody be sending me nothing. So I'm spending all my time to see you, you know, see Hello. you. And you're not, you're not even, you don't sound excited, you know, like. You don't sound excited. You ain't even saying nothing. I'm all excited waiting for you to get stuff and you, but mm -hmm. that's because what what I do understand that eventually one day that's gonna be like you know the day that you sent me those flowers this happened the day yeah. that you called me this happened yeah. I've I've had people tell me 
Your text saved me from doing such and such. Your text stopped me from crying. Your phone call or whatever. And, and it's, it's just being able to serve people. So yes, our husbands are correct. Right. It's a gift. <laughs> right. It's, it's a gift it's, to it's be a able gift. to yeah. serve people in that capacity because there are a lot of people that feel forgotten, especially yeah. in friendships. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. So if you ever feel like that again, we just all talk it out. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so this has been a great conversation and I feel like that could be a part two, three, and four. But mm-hmm. we're at the end of the podcast. And so what I do is I ask every guest to give advice to anyone who may be feeling a certain way or whatever. So what advice would you give to someone who is feeling neglected in their friendship, in their long distance friendship? The advice that I would give someone that is feeling neglected in their friendship is be receptive, okay? We talked about being receptive as well, being understanding and being trustworthy and understanding that life happens, right? Effective communication. We have to basically be an adult, be mature, Talk to this person, reach out to this person. If you feel like you're not getting anywhere via text message, it's nothing to pick up the phone because you never know what this person is going through or what you're going through and you're you're trying to release your energy or your anger against that person. So be honest, be open, and be receptive to people's feelings. And I always say in a friendship, and I always I've always said this, and I said this earlier, um, listen to understand and not to reply, but I did write down the quote from Stephen R., I think it's Convy, C-O-V-Y. Okay, yes, I love him. And uh, most people, I'm going to read it because I'm reading it from my, uh, I wrote it down. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. So I think a lot of relationships when we're on the phone, either friendships or any type of relationship, or if we're talking, we're trying to listen to reply. We're not trying to listen to basically understand. And sometimes that can be the initial breakdown of communication in a friendship. Because if I'm explaining to you how I feel, and if I feel like you're just pushing it away or disregard it, that can start something that probably can never be repaired. Because when it comes down to listening, listening and effective communication for me so if you're going through a tough time with a friendship reach out to that person like really reach out to that person I know with the times with the social media and things like that we kind of tend to brush it off but there's nothing wrong with calling people on the phone actually having real conversations about how you feel and being open and honest so that's my advice that I would give. I hope it's a good advice. I hope you people out there that's watching understand what I'm trying to say to you guys that it's, it's easy, but it can be difficult at the same time. And the reason why I say that is because you know your friends and most friends are dependent. Most friends are independent. You have to know which role that you, you're going to play for that, for that particular friend. 
So some people know, some people need you more. Some people, like I was saying, it's like a relationship, the five love languages. Those people, you have to know those people love language because otherwise you don't, you will never know how to love your friend. Oh, that was magnificent advice. Okay. It was very straightforward. <laughs> it's simplistic, right? It's the only way to make it difficult if you decide to sit there and blatantly make it difficult because it's not, it is not mm -hmm. difficult at all. And I am so like with you but with effective communication because we do lean to text messaging because it's the easiest thing to do, right? And so yeah. with text messaging, I do believe that conversations can get lost in translation, right? without a, a, a decent phone call. However, I am for sending a text message if the phone call is not the resolution because I shut down when people use certain tones, when they have certain, when they start yelling, like I check out, like I'm not, I'm not there. But, but if you have I agree. to- yeah, if you have to, because I feel like there's a level of respect. When people are yelling back and forth, nobody's heard. Y'all just yelling. Quiet. Exactly. Be quiet. It, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but <laughs> like, the, and, uh, the aggression or whatever, when it comes to tone, and you could tell when somebody's forcing you to hear what they have to say and don't care about anything that you have to say or whatever, I think you should just step back and take a beat or whatever. And I always seek to understand. If I was real good at cutting people off, like, oh, no problem, great, done. But now I seek to understand because I'm like, okay, the response, you may be going through something. So let me give you this grace until you come to. But if you exactly. never come to, okay, well, we're done. We, there's nothing else to right. us because I have to set that boundary of being able to walk away with my peace. Like, I'm not about to leave my piece on the table or whatever. Absolutely. But having that conversation and even with FaceTime, Zoom, you could see my facial expressions. You could see the genuine, the, the, um, being the authenticity of my, my facial expression, my passion, my emotions, whatever it is. And you'll be able to solve, like, a lot of stuff can be solved with a phone call. Exactly. Like, oh, it's easy. I didn't, I, you didn't mean it that way. I apologize. And, and that's another thing. You have to apologize. Sometimes you have to agree to disagree. It's okay. You're not going to always be right. I've been there before. That's why I'm able to give you this advice. It's okay to be receptive to other people's perspective in life, what they're doing, their, their relationships, their friendships. It's okay to agree to disagree. Be the bigger person if you can sometimes. Yeah, I know you may not want to call or try to get it resolved because guess what? If you have a friend and you feel like you've been neglected of you hurt and this person doesn't know, guess what? Mary Sue is all, she's handling her business. She on vacation. She's the, she with her husband. She with her family. She's living happily ever after. But with you, with your family, you worrying about Mary Sue and how she hurt you, but you never said anything to this person. So now the anger is building up. So it's best if you're that type of person, if you can try to resolve it as soon as. Don't let situations or problems linger. linger. Like, okay, if you know you hot-headed and you can't really express how you're feeling at the time friend 
Please just give me give me a few few hours, maybe a few days. Let's resurface this. We'll go. And, and let me get back to you. If you can, you know, that's that's one perspective, if you can. But it's 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 different ways to communicate. And you have to know how to communicate with each individual. You have to know how to get on someone level. You know, like you have to know the different friendships because everyone is not going to be the same. You can't cater to them the same. You can't react to them the same. So you have to know who you're dealing with, basically. And that's what in life as well. Yeah, that's just that's just overall, especially in friendships, because it's a closer it should be a closer dynamic that's there or whatever. And so, yes. OK, if that part where you said, give me a second. I do that a lot. <laughs> Because I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. I'm not in the right hurt. frame of mind to answer mm-hmm. that right now. So I'm a, and I prom- I promise I'm coming back. I promise I'm coming back. Let me go process this because if I say the instant thing that's on my tongue right now, this whole thing gonna be chattered. And so I have those moments, and I I thank God for maturity to be able to do that because a lot of people don't know how to do that, and a lot of people end up canceling friendships and relationships because they don't know how to control their mouth. Exactly. Just shut up. <laughs> like, I, take a moment to be quiet. Have your moment because you know yes. you. Don't nobody else know you but you. Mm-hmm. So I know if I say something, it's going to be venomous and you're going to hate me for the rest of your life. And so the other thing too, allowing things to build up, that girl, I used to do that. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a whole situation or whatever. Like, I used to, have, it used to be so bad I would have headaches, chest pains, and all this other stuff because I wouldn't address things at the moment that it happened at the moment that it happened and I didn't have the maturity to know how to approach it so anything could trigger me and I didn't went off and everybody looking at me like all I asked her was would she did she want some ketchup right. she, like she done went off on everybody so <laughs> that build up or whatever to that lash out like it's only so many times you can do that to somebody sometimes all it takes is one time for you to lash yeah. out and that person be like, oh, oh no, I can't. Who's this? I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm right. I, I don't know what else you're capable of. And I'm not gonna stick around to find out. But right. that effective communication is a, that's another podcast too. Ah, yeah, effective <laughs> communication. Well, thank look, well, thank the um the Lord for uh, self-control, right? In Jesus' name. Self-control is 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 a real thing. So um you've 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 learning. I've see I see your friend, you're learning from your past mistakes. And that it brings you to this point, this pivotal point in your life where you're able to address issues and not get high-headed because you know yourself now. So I always say self-control in Jesus' name because one lady, um, co-worker, we were all very close and I got all out of control and that was out of character for me, like about to stab someone, right? And she just put it on my desk. And she put the, the scripture, self-control in Jesus' name. And I use that still to this day. When I'm about to get heated, I try to say self-control in Jesus' name. And I try to walk away. And we just we just do it like that. Because I don't I don't want to catch a case. Okay. <laughs> listen, once I do it, I'm going to throttle. Like I'm not halfway doing this thing. Like it's, like we going in. Like, this is about to happen because if I'm gonna get in trouble, 
I'm going to do what I want to do black and it be justified, right? I'm about to black out because I don't know what's about to happen. And it's been a while since I've been to that point, but I know she's still there. I know she's still there. Yeah, you just had to keep up pushing. All the way. Listen, it's, it's a process because you feel that heat and you be like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't go walk away. I do something. So, yeah. So, effective communication and self control in Jesus' name. Okay. Jesus. That's our new way of handling things. All right. Yes. So, Charlene, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. Oh, no, Sharon, thank you for having me. I was just so in awe. I was speechless when I received the text message to be a guest on uh, the IFL podcast, which is the Friendship Fridays. So, I appreciate you so much, friend. Um, you have been there like when I needed you, honestly. And you know what we've what I've been yeah. through, what I've experienced. And um just to hear your sweet voice or you um do the audio or, or send me a text, I appreciate all of those moments. And you have been one of the friends that have been most receptive um for as when I'm giving. So we both are givers. So I appreciate you being obedient to the Holy Ghost when he said reach out to Charlene because I try to do the same as well yeah thank you I'm, I appreciate it thank you so much and so we're not gonna cry but we're gonna we're uh, we we gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we gonna leave this podcast we hope that you guys enjoyed it thank you so much for your feedback thank you for listening everybody y'all be up at 4 a.m listening to this podcast and i'm super grateful so thank you so much we'll be back for another friendship fridays thank you for listening and thank you for watching bye